Soundproof headquarters of this Spurs Insider podcast. This is the latest edition of the Spurs Insider podcast in the 2020s with sports editor Nick Talbot and beat writers Tom Orsborne and Jeff McDonald. This is Mike Finger. And as we start the 20s of the Spurs Insider podcast, the Spurs are still a playoff team at the moment. It's a miracle. Are we buying this? <laughs> the I, bottom of the West is so bad. Exactly. It's just, just who, 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 if not the Spurs, who are you buying for that eighth spot? Well, we could just jump right into this. The Spurs, as we're recording this on the second day of the 2020s, as they're preparing to, to host the Oklahoma City Thunder in what might be the Spurs' best chance at a victory for a while, considering the upcoming schedule. They have a, a three-game lead in the loss column on the whole field right now in the in the playoffs, and, and that's really just, saying something considering just, how bad the Spurs have seemed to be playing lately. It's just incredible. I mean, <laughs> it is. How, how bad can the Portland Trailblazers be? I mean, they went out and signed Carmelo Anthony. It's, you know, that's quality stuff. That's good stuff. Um, um, but are they? <laughs> <laughs> you said considering then, how bad they're playing, but of late, a little they've been I mean when you tick. when you look at like the last ten games of everybody who's who's competing for that spot, I mean the Spurs I think are six and four over I mean, the I, last ten. Yeah. That's yeah. like miles ahead of I, Sacramento. I think it's the record thing. What are they as we sit here they're fourteen and eighteen and if you had told me on New Year's Day yeah. they would be fourteen and eighteen, I'd say, Well the playoffs are just a non starter. Right. Like it's time to blow it up. Right. And 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 blow it up. They need to take every game to overtime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over the last ten, the Portland Trailblazers are four and six. The Grizzlies five and five. The Suns two and eight. The Timberwolves two and eight, and the Kings one and nine. Exactly. That I am going. I'm going awful. To, I'm going to predict by February on February first, the Phoenix Suns will be in eighth place. I'm not saying they're going to end up making the playoffs, but I think that is a team that will be in eighth place when this month is over. Do you think Aiton makes that big of a difference? I think it's all. I, I'm I'm basing it mostly mostly on schedule. I looked at that too today, and just because because I was curious as as we're talking about what awaits the Spurs after this Oklahoma City game, where they could conceivably lose what six games in a row. I mean, six games. There's an at Memphis there. Sure. That, I mean, as a coin, flip. they can lose any game they play. But yes, this right. is they have the toughest January. They might schedule. be underdogs in about six games in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I, I like Jeff. I guess looked at this. You were looking at what well, what are the other teams that are in the contention have over the next month. And it looks like Phoenix has one of the more favorable schedules during that time. But this is not something that's going to be solved by February 1st no, or no, March no, no, 1st no. or whatever. I'm not predicting the Phoenix Suns are making the playoffs. Right. I'm just saying after this, the, the Spurs need to just weather this month. The problem is they weather this month and then it's and the rodeo trip. Which is one of the toughest rodeo trips yes. that they've had. But like w- just this next stretch, we were talking about this with somebody the other day. Like The, the seven games beginning tonight against Oklahoma City, it's like – could they win three of those? And if they do, that's probably good enough. Three would be a cause for celebration. That's probably good enough. Well, Marcus is yeah. probably going to go off of like 70 like, tonight. Right. I mean, it's the Thunder. And part of it is winning like – the Thunder are a decent team, but winning yes. at home against the Thunder would be one of those things. These are the types of games, when you look back at the schedule at the end of the year, that they're, they're going to have to win more mm-hmm. of these types of – these coin flip games at home, especially mm-hmm. because there's – there's nobody in the West that you're an overwhelming favorite against, right. other than the mm-hmm. Warriors, who just took them to overtime. Right, right. Now, at the beginning of the season, everyone thought the Thunder were going to be a team that was tanking. They thought, oh, yeah, we're trading yeah. Chris Paul, Stephen Adams. He's going to be on the block. All these guys trading Danilo Gallinari, traded. They could, they could get up to the sixth spot, maybe. Or they could decide to sell still and fall yeah. out. That's yeah. true. 
That's then the West would be really bad. Really, when, when it's all said and done, the team that comes in eighth is going to be t- the team that wants it. And yeah. I don't mean that, like, tries hard. I mean, like, at some point, yeah. as the season goes on, uh, the teams that are going to be sellers are sellers. The, team, the teams that would rather be in the lottery will find a way to be in the lottery. And so I, where I give the Spurs an advantage f- as far as getting that eighth yes. place is they're the team that wants it. Yeah. Yes, much yes. to the chagrin of many San Antonians. Of the tank brigade. <laughs> <laughs> um no, that's absolutely true. The Spurs are the of all those teams the least likely to just say, "Hey, we're going to sell." Yeah, and um, and that's not that's not a statement as to whether that's smart or not or right or not. It's just a statement as to what is. They are the because of a variety of of factors and circumstances. It's going to take a lot for them to say, "Let's blow it up," or it wouldn't take as much for a Sacramento or Phoenix to do the same thing. Or even Portland. It really oh. depends on where all these teams are at. Because right. the first round is going to be who gets swept by the Lakers and Clippers. Right. Do you actually care if that's the case? And the Spurs are the only team that care because they got a streak going. When we were talking about this earlier, maybe a month or so, month or so ago, about when the Spurs would decide to sell, if they would decide to sell, the factor was, well, if it keeps going like this, you know, then they're going to have no choice. It's starting to look like they're always going to have a choice because no one is going to run away with that eight seed, and they're always going to kind of be in it unless things just really, really, really go south. Yeah, I feel like they're looking for reasons to convince themselves that they can make the playoffs, and if if you're looking for reasons, you can find them. Yeah, they're they're there. They're playing better. You know, it's all coming together. Yeah. So why 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 sell? Like you can make the argument it's it would it's better for their long term future if they were like. 10 games out of a playoff berth right now because yeah. then they would have no choice and you're going to trade DeMar and you're going to gather assets. But I, if, if your goal is to make your, the playoffs and you're there right now, I don't think you can trade DeMar. Devil, devil's advocate, there's really not – if you don't win the lottery, there's not a whole lot of difference between right. the pick that comes right. with the eighth seed right. as opposed to the pick that comes with the ninth or tenth seed. Right. You no. you feel better about the chance? Oh, we have a chance to win the lottery, but that the chances are really, really, really low. No, the, you, like you, so, there's they, no there's no sense in tank, tanking to be in tenth place or ninth place. Right. I mean, and I don't think you can tank. The, as we mentioned, as bad as the West is, I don't know that you can tank well enough to increase your odds that much. Right. The Warriors are doing a good job. They just have everyone injured. And I mean, that's it's, it. Sort of comes naturally. <laughs> no yeah. one contingent in San Antonio that would. Really like to see them make the playoffs. Of course, is ownership, right? That's you know, and that's that's nothing to sneeze at. Well, Marketing's always paramount with this team. Well, and Tom, I'm not and sure. Money. I'm not sure if you brought this up recently, but you can probably speak to this because you you are well sourced in all this. Um, the, the Spurs are a franchise where that one playoff series really matters in terms yes. of the bottom line. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it always has. They've they've never made a secret of wanting that playoff money. Uh, and and you look at the attendance, uh, which they're going to say is a sellout every game, but we we know otherwise. I mean, they want to market something, right? Uh, so, winning's important for this bunch. Always has been. And when you're Greg Popovich, if this is conceivably going to be your last season, why do you want to go out purposefully, right? Losing, especially. Yeah. It's not. Sorry, um, sorry for that. It's not a binary choice. In terms of either compete for the eighth spot or like tank and go to get build for the future and get all these picks, like there's a middle ground there. Sometimes it can just like 
just because you start tanking doesn't mean you're going to get the next Tim Duncan or David yeah. Robinson or Luca or whoever. Um, to, to me, the, for, forcing this decision between either going for it or not going for it, that, that's kind of not not what actually happens in the NBA. It, it, Jeff said it before. It resolves itself most of the time. Yeah, the only problem with them not tanking or or going for that playoff spot is that you have two assets in LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. That's kind of whose, co- whose contracts about, yeah. are going to expire fairly soon, and you'd like to get something for them. DeMar is the one that will force the its issue first because he has a chance to opt out this right, summer. Because if they leave for nothing, then you're definitely right. tanking. Right. Is there any reason you couldn't trade DeMar this summer? Well, he would have to opt in, wouldn't he? Yes. Yes. I mean, you, you, but that happens a lot. And you mm-hmm. opt in, and, and it's almost like a sign and trade. Correct. Correct. That's that's a that's a. But there's nothing. Option. There's yes. But there's nothing that says the trade deadline comes and goes, and oh no, we're stuck with Demar possibly walking. There is also no reason to think you could not trade Demar during the season at the deadline and not seriously change your chances to make the playoffs. There's some nights I think that's fair, and then some nights I don't, which kind of tells you how DeMar DeRozan plays. Sometimes. Yeah, he's either 7 of 18, and you're like, that was a bad game. or playing well lately. He's got though. a really good stretch or if going. Or yeah. if he goes 12 yeah. of 18, it looks very efficient, and he's very needed. This seemed All of these questions seemed complicated two months ago, and they have not resolved themselves really at all. It almost seems more complicated now than it was... Well, here's the deal. Like, as we know this, as long as Greg Popovich is the coach, they are going to try to make the playoffs. Yes. So if it's there, they're going to try to make the playoffs. So either they're going to make the playoffs, extend that streak, that's fine. Or they're not, and they're going to be in the lottery, and we get to see these lottery picks that everybody has been clamoring for, and that's fine too. They're sort of in a – they're sort of like in this sort of – it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. The era yeah. of everything is Everything's fine. on fire, but the it's era fine. of good feelings. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, I thought Portland was going to be like a fifth or a sixth seed this year, and they're just a dumpster fire. I mean, they're just not good. Yeah. Portland, um, Sacramento, Phoenix. Who else is in that, Min- in that group? Minnesota, Minnesota I thought would be better. Minnesota. There's nobody yeah. that jumps out at you that, of that group that's just going to run away with it. No, Sacramento and Portland Memphis, could get healthy. Memphis is coming on with Ja Murray. Yeah, yeah, but – they also just lost by 30 to your Spurs at home. That's true. Mm-hmm. Jeff just mentioned in passing about when uh, we could see more lottery picks being played or more um, or first-round draft picks at least. And the theme of the podcast all season long, or w- one thing that we keep going back to is Lonnie Walker. And Tom Ringo Starr Orsborne became uh, one of one – of, uh, A Twitter uh, sensation. He became a Twitter sensation, well, a hero of sorts. A hero. <laughs> Only because someone puts it on Twitter, which yeah, I don't like. <laughs> you don't, you don't. Ringo never likes the spotlight. No, he doesn't. He likes to sit in the back and play his rooms. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> anyway, Tom, um, this okay to to clarify all this all this Lonnie Walker <laughs> stuff. Many times, several times, multiple times, every day over the course every day over the course of the season. There has been some form of hey, what can Lonnie Dot Walker do to play more? Hey, well, you know what 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 can you know what what are you seeing from Marco? What are you seeing from Lonnie? Do you, do you see more minutes from Lonnie? Tom this time put it in a way that I think was the most clear cut 
uh, black and white type question is you know how can how can Lonnie Walker play more minutes and then what I, I think I think Pop created this more than anything when he said what are you asking me why he doesn't play more and Tom basically says yes and then Tom says you know we don't talk about this to the media and Pop said that Pop yeah. said that yeah. sorry that's uh, right um, sorry for the confusion uh, but I mean this is this is what we've always known there there have been ten different ways where Pop has kind of made it clear that he's not going to let people in on his and, thought processes. Yeah, and I wasn't championing the right. pro-Lonnie brigade. It's right. just he, he played garbage time. He'd been playing pretty steadily, and then he plays garbage time in Memphis, doesn't play at all the next game. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a question. You know, right. I said, what's, what's going on? What is he doing or not doing right. that is preventing him from playing. And Pop the answer n- was predictable. Yeah. Right. The answer yes. was predictable, and yet people love Tom because now he is on the – because of what the conclusion that people drew is that Tom Orsborne is the biggest proponent of the Lonnie Walker Brigade in uh, San Antonio. I've also been accused of being the biggest proponent of friend of the broadcast, Marco Bellman. <laughs> That's true. So I'm playing both sides. Yes. But the, the, the thing here is and, – and we can get into this too – some readers slash fans slash people are saying listeners of the podcast people are saying person on the street that it should be your job Tom Orsborn and Jeff McDonald as beat writers to put pressure on pop <laughs> <laughs> that, go, that always goes so so well this is a man you can't even ask, yes. use the word how in front of a question with first of all first of all that's, <laughs> sorry, that's sorry first of all to be clear that's not their job that's no. it's not the job of the beat writer to to influence <clears throat> decisions or to make sure that the coach plays the best lineup that's just even if Pop was playing a terrible lineup, that we knew without a shadow of a doubt it was the terrible lineup, and Jeff knew that another lineup was better. It's not Jeff's job to make Pop play the best lineup. Jeff doesn't care who wins or loses. Mm-hmm. Don doesn't care who wins or loses. He doesn't have a rooting interest in this. Right. So you ask Pop why'd you play that lineup, he gives you some answer, and right. then the columnist makes fun of it. Right. That's the way it's supposed That's to be. That's the way it's supposed <laughs> to be. Second of all, and occasionally back to. Halloween night yeah. in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. He's going to say something that's right. noteworthy or, or re- Ta- reveal. Yeah, he's and calculated. Gonna, yes, absolutely. We asked a very similar, Tom and I both, I think that was a, that was two questions in a row, very similar as to why Lonnie was pulled so quickly in, on Halloween night. And that answer, Pop, was like, he's terrible. Or yeah. he, he, he didn't do a good job of taking advantage of his opportunities. Those are the, those are the answers you're looking for. Yeah. Um, Anyway, your second of all? Second of all is the thought, <laughs> the, the mere idea of Jeff McDonald or Mike Finger or Tom Orsborn placing pressure on Greg Popovich is just absurd on its face. On any, any reporter. Yes. Je- he hasn't had pressure since his freshman year at Air Force, right. probably, when they're plebes or whatever they're called. It, just, just cadets. Or- to, 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 to play that scenario out to where Greg Popovich, who has more wins total, than any coach in NBA history. He's won five championships here. He can coach as long as he wants. Like, the ownership group, the GM, the president, nobody is going to say, Pop, you need to, you need to go away. He can coach as long as he wants. He's never going to get fired. He's never going to be um, even admonished for losing. There, there, it's just not going to happen. And, and the idea that because somebody – ask him a question pregame, he's going to completely change his thoughts as to what he thinks is best for the team. Presumably he's not 
benching Lonnie because um, he thinks Lonnie can help him. You know, that he thinks Lonnie's a better option. He's benching Lonnie because he thinks that somebody else is a better option. Yeah. So sure. you think that Greg Popovich is, oh, because Tom Warsborn asked me this question pregame, I need to rethink my whole game strategy here? Or because the pressure is getting to me and the people on Twitter are upset about yeah. me playing Marco too much? It's outrageous. Jeff put it best. On any given night, he's going to go with the guy he thinks is going to help him. And win. you're all free to decide that's crazy. Yes. Like yeah. He's wrong. <laughs> but it's I, like... It's like asking us to put pressure on a Supreme Court justice. Yes. Like, there's nothing we could say or do that's going to affect his job one iota. Except, like, putting putting pressure on a Supreme Court justice, like... You could you could say there's there's like morality there and that okay you're 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 fighting for good or whatever but like what, for what, Bob, what who, world who are you cares? living in who cares <laughs> that's that's not the way it works at all but Pollyanna yeah that's, that's a different podcast though um uh, we're venturing into the politics po- pure puro <laughs> politics we're, podcast we're, here we're gonna start a uh, Spurs Insider podcast spinoff called Pollyanna um, and by the way while we're talking about the podcast subscribe to it this podcast and all the forums subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter go to expressnews.com for all your Spurs coverage do it was kind of maybe coincidental that night when when Tom asked the question like Lonnie did get some first quarter run there mm-hmm. the, 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 no maybe it wasn't maybe it was the pressure <laughs> maybe it was Tom putting the screws yeah to Gregory Charles Popovich. What's your overall gauge as to where the Lonnie Walker experience is as we head into the 2020s? I don't like having this discussion because I end up coming like end up coming off as I don't think Lonnie's any good because you go into the reasons why he hasn't played as much as people think he should play. So I don't like having that discussion. God so, forbid well, we talk about anything that makes Jeff uncomfortable. So I'm going to. <laughs> so I'm. I, there's a lot of thoughts in my head that I don't think I'm going to say. I, um, <laughs> um, so I'm going to preface it by saying that if I were the coach of the Spurs, I would, one, drive a better car, but two, I would play Lonnie Walker more too okay. if I were the coach of the Spurs. But when he does play, you can see why sometimes he doesn't play as much as the fans would want him to yeah, play. You know, uh, he's very good at running the floor. He's the most athletic player on the roster. When, he's out, when, when you get on the break, he's going to finish it for you. But what else has he really yeah. done consistently well? And, and that same night, or it might have been another night, I, it all runs together, but Rudy Gay, I thought, had some very insightful comments trying to speak, you know, read between the lines type comments on Lonnie saying that, um, you know, he's a 21-year-old kid, played one season at Miami. This isn't high school. This isn't one season at Miami. It's a whole different ball game. And he also said it's, it's good to see him finally – it's about time was the word he said about his alley-oop mm-hmm. dunk that Rudy fed him, which to me said he's not fully taking – he doesn't know how to harness everything that he's got yet. And, and it's just going to take time. And that's and, why Pop's playing him uh, sparingly or slowly. And or, it's not like there's an uh, outcry from the, the rest of the team – uh, that's upset yeah, that Marco is it, playing and that Lonnie is, no. is is not playing enough. Yeah, they always say, hey, Marco, at least you got to pay attention to him all the time nope, he's the, out there. The only upswell the is from Twitter. I mean, I would play Lonnie Walker more, too. Yeah. I would. Mm-hmm. But I can see why when he does – aside from that Houston game, as he – I can't even think of a shot he's made outside of three feet. And He's made a few threes. Def- yeah. And defensively, he's he's got that – He's got the athletic tools, but he's not always in the right place. Well, when, when we've talked to people around the team uh, throughout the first couple of months about 
where he has to come along the farthest. It's I mean, they want to see more on the defensive end from him, not just like athleticism wise, but focus. Right. And and uh, right. That's the point I make. And what what Jeff said earlier, which I believe is generally true about Pop always making decisions based on who gets in the best chance to win that night. I think for the most part that's true, but I think there's some asterisks that apply here in that Pop also, with young players, historically, when he's developing them, he's thinking about what's going to pay off for them in the long run. And exactly. so even if he thought, hey, if I play Lonnie Walker more minutes tonight against Oklahoma City than I do Marco Bellinelli, that might give us a slightly better chance. But I also want to think about Lonnie Walker's whole career, and I want to ingrain and instill – exactly habits and and teach him what he has to do to get on the floor. Marco's kind of who he is. He's, in some cases, a sunk cost for the Spurs. Um, th- Pop doesn't need to be teaching him lessons about things because he's going to be gone in a year. Yeah. Um, but I think that there is something to be said for the idea that in a season in which the Spurs are not competing for an NBA title, um, that this can be a big growth year for Lonnie Walker. And growth for Lonnie Walker does not just come from being thrown on the court for 25 minutes a to game. To do whatever you want. To do whatever you want. Like, a big part of this year is for Lonnie Walker to learn to, to do what Pop wants him to do. And so the benching could be as, as big of a long-term learning tool for Lonnie as playing could be. And, and it, if this comes off as, like, defending Pop or taking Pop's side – you know, I, I will say like Jeff did, I probably would play him more. But, like, Pop's not an idiot. Like, I, I think there's a lot of – Tom Worsborn just recoiled at that. He was shocked that I said that. Um, I, I think there's a, there, there are more layers to this decision than Lonnie versus Marco. Right. And a, and a, a guy that's been in the league 10 years is just going to get more league way than a, than a guy that than – than, along the lines you're saying, than a second-year player. And I think Pop would rather have – if you're going to make mistakes, Pop would rather – this guy knows where he's supposed to be. He's just too unathletic to get there right. as opposed to this guy doesn't even know where he's supposed to be. Yeah. And somebody said to me, why did Bran and Derek play more, you know, early in their second year? Why did they, why? Well, look at their work in college. Yeah. It was much more extensive. I mean, also they came injuries. better. Also, yeah. yeah, yeah. They came better prepared, though. And, um, I mean, if you look back on it, I mean, going back to the thing where you just, as you, as you bank that trust, you get more rope. I mean, Tony Parker's playing, getting pulled for Speedy Claxton yep. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Tony Parker is, I think we can all say, a miles better player than Speedy Claxton, but yep. that was Pop grooming him. Manu got away with tons more stuff as he grew up than he did as a, as a rookie or second-year player. It's just part of the growth process for this team. Yep. So when you look ahead at this, what do we think of the rest of January? I mean, is, is there a chance, Tom, I think you've written, and, and, and Jeff, too, about how some of the guys are saying that this New Year feels like a reset and that they have figured something out and they're going to play better now than they did, but the schedule makes that difficult. Right. How, they, how, much, at, at least, how much validity is there to that? Well, they kind of have an identity now with the, everything predicated on the drive and kick and mm-hmm. LaMarcus now stepping out. It, it seems to be working, a formula that works. They're playing better defense on the perimeter. They're making shots now. They can play uh, better and still yeah. you know, lose more games than they win just based on the schedule. I mean, going from here to playing Milwaukee two games in a row was just yeah. brutal, just yeah. brutal. 
and then Boston, and then Memphis is like your break game, but they've already beaten you once this year, you know? I will say one pleasant surprise for this season, because I mentioned it um, talking to, to LaMarcus in media day, and he kind of downplayed the whole idea of shooting more threes. He's the one that's actually kind of embracing it, and yeah. he's doing what a lot of people thought he should have done. Yeah. How many games are we on now where he's been really actively shooting threes? He, he did it a couple times earlier this season, but now we've got a, a real trend of him actually getting out there and doing it. And yeah. Amazingly, yeah. it works in today's NBA, and so it's working. Yeah. Career high and back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, he seems to really have embraced it. Uh, I, I think that's a that's a big key to yeah. to make everything go. Um, the, he's the, embraced it without forcing it, too. It's just like mm-hmm. if it's there, he takes it. Yeah. The Which other is the way you do it. The other development since the last podcast we had, I think um, Dejounte Murray's played really well lately, and yes. and he, um, Jeff, you pointed out, you know, he moved to the bench, kind of came back from the bench, a different kind of player. Would you say? Uh, he just he just seemed to figure it out, have more things figured out than he did prior to the benching, and I don't know specifically what those were. He did. Different player isn't isn't right, but it just he just seems a little calmer, maybe a little more efficient. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe that's the way to put it. Have got, there... got benched a little bit mm-hmm. in that uh, overtime game the other night, and uh, came back and dominated or mm-hmm. shined in, in overtime. And Patty said that's a sign of his growth. Uh, there was a little be... pouting before, and right. it, it's it's gone now. I'm going to be honest here. I was sitting up. Uh, Sitting up in the rafters with, or not the, the yeah, the rafters. They have me with the rafters now, with uh, our buddy Matthew Tynan, and uh, they bring in they bring in Dejounte with like 28 seconds into overtime. They bring him in for Derek, and I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. I kind of like Derek in these situations right now. He just he just seems to have a little more of a feel for these late game situations, and darned if Dejounte <laughs> didn't just win the game for him in yeah. overtime, which is why I'm not Greg Popovich. Have we? What's the breakdown on? Combined Derek Dejounte minutes have, have there the been breakdown? have there been more of those increasing yeah. yeah they are increasing for sure um, he, I, I noticed he definitely did that at the end of the game when they needed to stop um, yes. the other day and yeah. uh, who was it uh, I don't know, one of those warriors that are nameless I think it was uh, Alec Burke <laughs> Alec Burks <laughs> he, uh, he hit that shot on uh, Lamarcus to force overtime but they did have their best defensive lineup out there at that point. Is the defense getting better as a whole? Do you think? Uh, statistically, it is. Yeah, they say so. it is. They say they I figured mean, out the pick and roll. Their rotations are better. They, they're just playing. I think better. they were. I think they were twelve on the perimeter, the server, which is vastly improved. Mm-hmm. They had lots of ebbs and flows last year with the defense too, where yeah, it's like, did. oh sure. well, it's fixed. Sure. Yeah. And then the next month, it's they're never going to be totally they're fixed, last again. Think. So. Uh, no, we, you, we don't. You, they just don't have the players yeah. to have a great defense. Yeah. When this stretch is over of these games where they're going to be underdogs for a while, is is let's say they lose five of the next six, does does that change the outlook must much if they're still because I, I think they're still going to be right there eight nine. Not if Portland loses five of six and yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the that's the problem that we discussed earlier. It's just. Someone has to pull away, and mm-hmm. at this point, why not the Spurs? And it's like they get back from from that stretch, and then it's like, well, here comes Atlanta. I mean, again, they can lose all these games, but mm. if you look at it on paper, here comes Atlanta, here comes Phoenix, here comes Phoenix again, here comes New Orleans, here comes Chicago, here comes Charlotte. Like you, you there's, yeah. you have ways to build it back up. I, I think they're going to tread water a lot for for a while, and I think. So are a lot of teams. Treading water might be West. enough. I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I mean. Playing, I think, playing 500 ball might be pulling away. 
playing five, right. playing five hundred right. the rest of the year probably gets him a spot. I think for sure gets him a spot. Oh, terrible! It's like the East. Yeah, that's going out on a limb there. Well, I, I think the the bottom line with all of this is the next time we meet for a Spurs Insider podcast, and probably the two three times after that, we're probably going to be talking about the same things um, in terms of the outlook of this team about possible moves. I think it's kind of a waiting game for a while. And if the Spurs can get through, like like was mentioned earlier in this podcast, if, if they can get through January with three, four wins, at least up until that Atlanta game, that's going to qualify as a success and right. probably keep them right where they are. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I just don't know where those three – well. The NBA will always surprise you. Yeah, Milwaukee. I mean, back-to-back against Milwaukee. Milwaukee has to travel down here. Mm, Anything yeah. can happen. Spurs got to travel back too, though. Yeah. That's, that's, it's that's, always uh, – yeah, I don't know. I, those, those always favor the weaker team because it's hard to beat the same team twice in a row. Probably not as hard as um, – pro- probably not hard enough to make Milwaukee lose one of them, but we'll see. That, that is what we have to look forward to for the next couple of weeks here in January. We'll see if the Spurs can survive. We will get back on a more regular update after the holidays here in the 2020s in the Spurs Insider Podcast. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Until then, take care of each other and